I am Christy with Twisted Twine Woodworking, and I'm a maker figuring it out. Welcome to Makers Figuring It Out, a show where we strive to educate, motivate, and inspire makers of all skill levels with special guest makers, tips and tricks, do's and don'ts, and many things in between. I'm Steve Huber from Wolf Woodworking Creations, and joining me again is Scott from Dad It Yourself DIY. How are you doing, Scott? Hello, Stephen. How are you today? I'm getting massive feedback in my uh, headphones. Yeah, how are you feeling? I'm a lot better than I was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I was catch a uh, little of that one day Corona. Yeah. That was pretty much it. Or maybe I had too many Coronas. <laughs> no, no, wasn't feeling well at all. So we are uh, luckily Scott was able to uh, join us quickly because I forgot to tell him that we were recording tonight. So Sorry, nothing, I, uh... nothing has changed. Fortunately, I wasn't working today. Um, today, we had our countertops installed in our kitchen, so the missus is very happy. And while they were doing that, I was working in the yard, getting caught up on that, being fallen behind. I'm one of those, you know, you hear the stories about the cobbler has nasty shoes and the mechanic um, has a junky car. Well, I'm a contractor and my house always needs work because I'm always fixing other people's other people's houses. houses. Yeah, <laughs> so today sense. was catch up day for me. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Uh, I haven't done crap in this house for a while. Uh, had the, the the kids could have come over yesterday, but I wasn't feeling well, so they didn't come over. And well, Dad's got a doctor appointment tomorrow, and then I got one on Thursday. It sucks getting old. So many doctor's appointments. Now that yeah. there's two of us, you know, geriatrics in the house. I don't know if I'm geriatric or not. I feel like one, but I don't know because Scott's older. So how am I going to feel next year? Uh, worse. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks yeah, for the welcome. thanks for the uplifting. Uh, yeah, yeah, you were very. Thank God for there. the VA, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I haven't seen the VA yet, so. Oh. <laughs> I gotta I gotta get in with them because paying for healthcare sucks. Yep. That was like one of the things they told me when I was getting ready to retire was you know even if you don't think you're going to need it, join VA healthcare just to have the backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is kind of nice because you get all your medications for free. So if anybody's thinking or playing around with, you know, maybe joining the military or their kids are thinking about it, it's a good choice. It really is. Uh, Benefits are outstanding. Yeah, the, 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 the life may suck. You may go through three divorces or, you know, <laughs> never see your children. But, hey, you got you're set for the rest of your life with health care. And depending on whether, you know, you're broken or not, it's pretty much a nice pension. Almost enough to live on. Almost. But, so is it just going to be you and me tonight? Well, no, it's not. We have a guest. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's up there in the corner. I let her in. It's, just, it's a she. Yeah, yeah. we have another chick on the show. But she was uh, very gracious. Uh, I wasn't feeling well yesterday, and I asked her if she could, if we could postpone it till today. And she was like, sure, I don't have a life. So the person without a life is Tennille Rosum from Rosum Designs. Hi, Tennille. Hello. Did I pronounce everything correctly? You did. Oh, okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Every time I hear it in my head, and you probably do because you have the name, but I was always thinking of, no, that was Tony Orlando and Dawn. No, don't do it. No? No? (laughs) 
So you've heard that many times, huh? No, you're thinking Captain and yeah. Tennille. Yes, that, that, that's the one. She said don't. Yeah. Reach. I, we're from the 70s. Sorry. Everybody makes that joke and yeah. everyone thinks they're the first person to make that mm-hmm. joke. But you're I like, knew, I didn't know that. I didn't think we were the first person to make that joke because you've lived with the name Tennille your entire life. Somebody has, <laughs> somebody has had to say it or mom and dad really like the Captain and Tennille and that's why you're named Tennille. But you're way younger than that, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm thirty. So okay, thirty-three. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's a a child of the nineties. Yeah, she was a child of the nineties, as they say. Wow. I remember the (laughs) nineties. I remember when I was (laughs) thirty. I barely remember my nineties. That was the good time when I wasn't married. (sighs) So, Tanil, we're back to you. And stop talking about our oldness. So what is going on with you? Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, because some of them may not know who you are, but they know the name. Well, I um, I am a uh, self-employed artist at the moment. I, um, I left my traditional nine to five to pursue uh, doing other work. Because it's it's honestly it's it's what makes me happy, and it's yeah it's it's a nice way to spend my day, and I feel like at this point in my craft I am at a level where I can do good work and pay myself well, and I can I can do this and be happy and pay my bills. So so why not? Oh, that yeah. works. That works. So uh, I'm assuming. No offense or whatever. I don't know. I don't know how to talk to millennials anymore. Uh, I assume you're not married. <laughs> I, I don't know. Not. I was like, I don't. Can we ask that now? Is that okay? I don't want to get in trouble. Oh uh, no no no! All good. Um, yeah. If I'm if I'm going to be broken poor, uh, it's it's on me to be broken poor. Okay. See, that's what I was kind of thinking. I'm like, you got any? You got a husband to kind of or you know wife, whatever. An the, other partner uh to you know help lift up that other thing so you're doing it on your own so that's oh, kind of yeah, awesome yeah. and so, I, yeah go ahead scott so what did you do in your nine to five before you decided to go out on your own so in my nine to five i did um i was an architectural technologist and so the 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 layman's terms is that uh, an architect or a client would give me um, like their dream building and I would do the I would make the construction drawings for it so that we could give it to a contractor so I'd have to make sure that there was building that the building code was met and accessibility and fire code and all those other things and then I would coordinate with the other trades to make sure that their drawings mechanical electrical etc everything lined up nothing conflicted and then I would send the drawings off to the contractor and the building would be built. So what's the difference between a regular architect and an architectural technologist? So essentially, think of it as like what a nurse is to a doctor. Um, the nurses do the day-to-day work. They're constantly with the patients. Um, they, they pretty do- much do everything. And the doctors just get to see the patient for 15 minutes and go home and you know surf yes. on, you know so in other words you did all the work the architect looked at it stamped it and it, the building got built 
It's not quite that simple, but I mean, <laughs> sort of, yes. <laughs> oh, so it's kind of like the Navy when the chiefs take all the credit for all the, in, the you know, lower ranks for doing all the hard work. Of course. I know. I know that how, yes. I, I know of that's course. how it works. <laughs> so like it, it, it's on me to, to make sure that, you know, we have appropriate fire exits that meet code. And, right. And again, like, and then I coordinate with the trades. They send me their drawings and then I make sure things don't conflict. And if they do, I have to amend things and send it back and just do all this. Like um, it, it's like, it's like shepherding, right? You have to just get everyone to just kind of go in, in the direction they need to go. So in high school, I took architectural drawing. And back then, it was before computers, um, everything was pen and paper. And I know as technology has progressed, um, is architecture still in a two-dimensional drawing or do you actually go into the third dimension? I know as we build ships in the Navy, everything's done in the third dimension so they can do those things like walk through spaces and make sure there's not pipes going through doorways and stuff like that. Is it that way in architecture now? Um, the, the higher end, the very large firms have adopted uh, 3D technology and like even virtual technology where you, you can like, you can design a building and then you can send the client goggles and a USB stick and they can put the, you know, put the goggles on and they can like walk through their building. Larger firms will do that. It's a lot of overhead at the moment because it is still a little bit expensive. Most firms still do things in 2D um we we might spend a little bit of time to sort of do like prestige parts of a building in like a 3d render mm -hmm. but for the most part things are in 2d in all the firms i've worked at but i haven't really worked at any like massive big firms so did, so scott did you have to learn how to use a slide rule uh no we used the scale I actually have an exact copy okay this is exactly like the one i used in high school um, just yeah, use I a use scale. Yeah, I love those things. I have two of them actually. I have a metal one and a plastic one. Um, yeah, they're, they're great if you're drawing. And it's funny because yeah, as, a, as a contractor, I still do everything in scale drawings using pen and pencil. Um, I have SketchUp. I'm not really that good at it. Um, I'm assuming you're more of a leather worker than a woodworker, correct? So you don't do a lot of SketchUp for your projects. Is that true, Tanil? Or you oh, like yeah, no, I don't, I don't do any woodwork. Oh, no, but I mean, do you I, use no, technology do at all? Pardon me? Do you use any technology for your projects? Oh, I, I do all of my drafting for my projects in AutoCAD. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like I had to learn to use that for work. And so mm -hmm. I have a copy on my home computer and I, I love it. I use it for, mm -hmm. for drafting all of my leatherwork patterns because you can do it so precisely and you can just print things one-to-one -one scale and... Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it's great. I do want to learn to use SketchUp and all of these sort of Autodesk programs because I see what you guys do like in the community and it's super impressive. Um, I just Even though you're light years yet. ahead of us, you know that, right? Yep, completely because <laughs> like, I'm sitting there we're, trying we're to- We're using teach. Microsoft Paint <laughs> compared to what you're doing. <laughs> okay, so Tania, I'll let you in a little secret. If you've seen our Instagram, right? With the logo and the person that came on, and then I have then I have a little explosion thing going on just to you know catch your eye, right? Yeah. yeah. That is done in every program that comes with Windows. So it's done in 3D Paint, <laughs> and also uh, it's like the viewer. But I found out the viewer has little 
they call it effects. And I just I went, oh, cool. So maybe people are thinking that, wow, Steve, Steve knows how to, you know, do video rendering. And I'm like, no, I push a button, drop it in. There you go. That's what I'm used to. But yeah, you are definitely going to be light years ahead of us. I mean, <laughs> Scott and I, I mean, we come from the generation where when you went to go build a home and you, I think they probably still do this, but they would print out the blueprints and then put it on like a foam board, cut it out and then make the house. And that would be the, the 3d rendering. Now they're we like, we have still done some of that in, at my, uh, at my old job, we did do actual physical 3d renders, 3d renders of, uh, of things for clients where we just cut it out on foam board. But we, again, we printed it out one-to-one on out of CAD and then you just glue it onto foam board. Mm-hmm. Right. Just... You don't mean one-to-one because that would be one foot. <laughs> equals one. That's, one, that's to one. A lot one of inch board. to one foot. <laughs> there we go. I'm sorry. I know what you I meant. Know, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's a, that's one foot to one foot. Uh, I'm just picking on you because I have nothing better to do tonight. And and also, um, I made it pretty easy there. Yeah. Well, I but make it pretty are, easy. Yeah. But Scott, you are definitely a leather worker, correct? Yes, that is yeah. uh, that that is my my passion. Yeah, sure. definitely. And you are skilled beyond me. I've uh, I have some leather. There's a stack of it somewhere that Colt sent me for the makers mystery maker collab that's not done yet it's only been a year <laughs> i'm almost there um so i was looking through your instagram and uh amazing it really is the thing that really caught my eye mm-hmm. that i thought was really cool was the pen holder or the cup holder out of leather oh, yes, thank yeah you. that is i like saw that the other day and i was like i wonder if i can make that out of wood you know, how, you can make like it out of PVC. Bending a veneer and going around. Can you, know can you walk I, us I through? Few... Can you walk us through that and how you came up with that idea and what it took? Oh yeah, I, I would love to. Um, and first of all, thank you for noticing that. Um, it it's a sort of a, a one-off project. I'm I'm quite proud of. So you'll notice I've done three of them. Um, if you if you look at my Instagram, uh, there's three I've done over over the time period. So the outside piece is the raw belly edge of a piece of hide, of a piece of leather. And the hard thing with that part of the leather is that it's so spongy and it's so stretchy and it's so inconsistent that it's really hard to find an actual use for it. Like you can't cut straps because it's too stretchy and it'll just disfigure you know, it's, it's just, it's inconsistent. And so I have stacks and stacks and stacks of these from all of the hides I've cut up over the years. So finally I decided like, let's try this. So I just took the raw belly piece and I, I wrapped it around the middle piece is about, I think it's about 20 inches by four. And I just sort of, folded it into a very simple sort of design and then I wrapped the belly piece around it and uh, and that's it and I think it's great because it gives it a very unique one-of-a-kind feel like no two pieces are ever going to be the same and I just sort of I I don't have a I don't have a vision in mind when I finish it I just sort of like do it and, and see what it becomes 
So that was scrap that you had a piece of scrap and you just threw it in a pile and then picked it back up and said, Hey, I'm going to use this. Yeah, for sure. Because I've got, uh, my scrap pile is getting bigger, much, much quicker than I'm using it. And it's, um, it's a little disheartening to see all that waste yeah. and to see all that potential. So I decided I need to figure out what to do with it. Woodworkers do that, but we tend to fill an entire garage before we get to that point. <laughs> and then we make a shit ton of cutting boards. Yeah. This poor, I'm going to use this piece of wood someday. <laughs> it's, a, it's eight inches long. <laughs> hey, you know what? My shop hasn't been, well, when I had my shop up, I've used those pieces. I'm like, oh, and you just use them for accents or splines or something like that. So you're just a like trash can full. So, Tanya, I was looking at the, the, the cup holder again. Is there just one stitch holding that whole thing together, or is it glued as you went around? Or is it like literally if you were to cut that one back stitch, it would just unravel itself? <laughs> Not quite like that. Um, so the, <laughs> the bottom, I don't actually have any pictures of the bottom of it on here, but uh, the bottom is its own stitch to hold everything together. And the center piece that has the three partitions is mm -hmm. held together with its own stitches. And then the, the outer piece is sewn to itself to stay together. It's more or less friction fit like mm -hmm. that. The, the part, the partition part, I have to really stuff it in there so that it kind of holds itself in on friction, but it is also uh, contact cemented quite well at the bottom. So it's, it's not going anywhere. So for our listeners who can't see what we're talking about, please check out her Instagram page and uh, look at this pen and pencil holder. It's pretty neat. And like, again, you said this was from scrap. That's super impressive that you were able to repurpose that. I didn't realize thank it was one piece. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, thank you. It's uh, like, I'm quite proud of how I was able to, to take these scraps that I've been accumulating for uh, for literally years because I didn't know what else to do with them and be able to turn them into these like unique art pieces because I, I think they look pretty swell when they're done. And it's fun because I don't know how it's going to look until it's done. What do they call, what do they call that when they take a bunch of scrap material and make a blanket out of it? Quilt, no. Is it a quilt? Kind of, yeah, I think it's a I quilt. I think it is a quilt, yeah. I mean, well, quilting is a type of stitching, but it's also usually like the old-timey quilts where when right. they use patchwork to put things together. Like, Yeah, I made that for a, an yeah. ex-wife of mine. She had a, she used to do a lot of 5Ks and stuff like that. Uh -huh. She's going to throw a bunch of T-shirts away, so, yeah. I'm, so I cut That's the front out of the T-shirt and then sewed them all together and then packed it with stuffing and then closed it up, and I don't know what the hell I was doing. But it That's turned out pretty nice. Super popular thing now that you can take the t-shirts, just put them in a box yeah. and send them to companies and they'll stitch them together in a, in a quilt for you. So, I mean, and as oh. you know, Steve, you go through the Navy, you get tons of t-shirts, you know? Yeah. Well, so, I didn't get money. I mean, I got you know, a lot of white t-shirts. They're was, huge now because we were wearing colored t-shirts under our uniforms. So a lot of people would get the t-shirts with the command logos and stuff like that on them. Okay. Oh, that's when you were, never mind. Yeah, when you were younger in the Navy, like me. You, 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 you must have been in a different Navy than I was. I was absolutely in a different Navy than you. That's right. You were black shoes, right? Yeah. Nope, brown shoe. Brown shoe. That's right. Yeah, you, you were yep. brown shoe. So yeah. Uh, go back and listen uh. to one of Scott's episodes, because if you're curious about what a brown shoe and a black shoe are, yeah, we don't have time to actually let you guys know about that. It's so just, 
it's a it's a it's a friendly rivalry between <laughs> navy folk so Tanil, i noticed you did a lot of the book holders they they that's like total throwback to like the 1920s and 30s like little kids with the book over their back Damn and it. Stuff. Scott, you, but, got, you took my question away. Oh, sorry, but I noticed that probably the last couple of weeks you've taken a big jump and doing the guitar straps now. Yeah, I, it, it's been something I've always wanted to try. And it just so happens that my roommate has a plethora of guitars and they're all locking in straps. So it's, uh, as you can see, if you, again, if you go to my Instagram, there's a, a, a guitar modeling uh, one of the straps, I actually, the two that I have made, I cut everything, I punched all the holes, I glued and assembled everything, and I got them both to the point where all I needed to do was sew them, and then we went out to his cottage for all, for four days, and I just sewed the entire time I was out there because I enjoy it, and so he brought his guitar because he plays guitar when we're out there, and so... I was able to grab the guitar and use it to model the straps, uh, which are the pictures that you see on my page. So yes, I've never made guitar straps before, but I made these two and I'm quite happy with them. And I'm hoping that uh, that it opens some more, uh, some more opportunities for me. I definitely think there's a, a market out there for custom guitar straps. Yeah, for some people. <laughs> you know, that the, those people that play guitars like half of the country, mm-hmm. I even have two that, I haven't picked up in years, but that's, there's a reason for that. I suck. My uh, brother-in-law is a luthier and a uh, guitar. He, so he was a luthier. He would build guitars and then he became a guitar tech um, for some of the big names, white stripes, um, right side, not right side, Fred. What's the other one? Something like that. But all those kind of Lucinda Williams. And uh and then he got into the business of the cables that connect the guitars to the amps. He actually has his own company now and builds those cables. So he's in that guitar industry. And yeah, he says he's the same way. He builds custom uh, amp cables for guitars. And that's how, you know, because they, they like the certain colors. They like the certain lengths. You know, everybody has a unique um, need or want. And, you know, he has some regular standard stuff that he sells at the stores, but a lot of his work is custom built stuff. He's made a name for himself. So yeah, there, I think there's a niche there for you. And uh, I was looking oh, yeah. at your, I was looking at your Etsy page and, it, and you do have a quite a, quite a few sales there. And I was still in awe that the book bindings sold because I just can't see. I don't. I don't see the need for them unless you're trying to be, you know, one off or cool. But mm-hmm. they are. They look a hell of a lot better than what I, you know, saw on uh, Little House in the Prairie. Oh, a lot of people don't have paper books anymore. Yeah. So, you know, like, so that's a great niche to be in too for those. Yeah, again, those people who still like to read a book. You know, they just that just puts it to the next level. What's a book? It's, it's, See, I, I I have my e-reader and I really like it. It has its moments, but I also have quite a few physical copies of books and they're also <laughs> quite wonderful, especially when you're traveling, right? Like if you lose one book or you damage one book, it can be replaced. If you lose or damage your e-reader or if it runs out of batteries, then that's harder to deal with. 
one thing so people they, forget. Yeah, your your paperback doesn't run out of batteries on a six hour flight. <laughs> but yeah, your paperback much. is also not on, not lit on its own. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you can read it from the time you take off to the time you land. Right. No one's going to tell you to take it, turn yeah, it off. Turn off it your away. turn off your book, there, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. But yeah, I mean, so I, I I assume there is a market for this because you're selling them and you're making them. So who who is who are the people that would that, that buy things like uh, that that you make? I mean, I can understand the uh, what are they called? What are they called with the the leather reader holders, the book holders. The page holders. That's it. I was like book holder opener pagey thingy. But I mean, I could see those, but I mean, uh, I just couldn't think that, you know, who, who buys these things? Uh, And I'm not being, I'm not trying to be insulting at all. I'm actually 100% curious because it's, it's an age old thing. And you know, in some ways, when I was in the first time in college, I kind of wish I would have had one. You yeah, know? you've definitely found a niche, and then you've found that market that that wants to buy your your niche product. Yeah, which so so who's buying your product, or do you know? Do they give you? Uh, I guess they don't give you stats on Etsy, do they? Well, um, I, I get stats in the way of where I'm shipping it to, okay. and there is a noticeable proportion that are going to uh, Northwestern U.S. Mm-hmm. The Northwestern U.S. So like Oregon and Washington, I send a lot there. Hmm. Um, yeah, they, send... don't, they don't have computers out there. <laughs> they, just, they just have I, books. I send a lot to, the, to uh, New York. That's one place it has a noticeable noticeable proportion um i send a lot around grad season people buy them as mm-hmm. uh, grad gifts and that makes sense uh, yeah did you ever think about uh oh, what do you i don't know what it's called but let's say embossing maybe and you know putting like graduating class of 2021 something like embossing that embossing or what's a debossing is the other one Google it. Embossing yes. is is lowering. Embossing is raising, right? Yeah. Morley did a whole video uh, Instagram thing on it. If you're interested, he, how he did the difference between embossing and debossing, and I didn't even know what the difference was, so I was educated. Well, technically, I did deboss something. <laughs> I left so, my job, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you thought about doing that, Tennille? Well, I've certainly thought about doing um, bookstraps where the panels are tooled. Uh, so the, the tooling like I've done on my, on, you know, other pieces of work. Mm-hmm. I don't have the ability to, to necessarily do the embossing or debossing because I don't have like a 3D printer or anything. But, but again, like the tooling, I have thought about that, but it's a labor intensive sort of, thing so it's I've sort of been waiting for the right image or the right thing to do because right. it would end up being a little bit pricey and you know like like how much does somebody want to spend on something like this like I have right. to think about the marketing but I may just do one anyways and just you know see what happens or just have it as a piece to show off or something 
I was looking at that uh, custom phone wallet you did with the Winnipeg Jets on it. Yeah. And how, how long does something like that take? I mean, that's four colors, right? Blue, red, three color. And so in addition to all the, the, the tooling work, you had to do all the dyeing and all that. Mm-hmm. So. so that one, uh, actually, the so that was painted with Angelus brand leather acrylic paints. Uh, so the tooling and the painting on it took just under two hours, which actually isn't that bad. Um, no, not at all. The rest, of, the rest of the assembly and everything is what took a little bit of time. Uh, the whole project start to finish was about nine hours. Okay. Yeah, the layman in me would have think, thought the logo alone would have taken you four to five hours. It would have taken me four to five hours, I should say. <laughs> That's really impressive. Yeah, I was wondering. I was actually looking back at some of the other ones. I was like, how did you get the colors? And Scott, you already asked the question. Sorry. It's okay, man. I don't know why you're here. I try to be a proactive co-host. You're doing a great job taking all my questions. I'll just be here for the comic relief. How's that? I'll be your Costello. Uh, I'll be the Costello to your Abbott. To my Abbott. Okay. So, Tanel, those are two uh, comedians that are way back before we were born even before us <laughs> yeah Who, who's on first i, I yes ah, <laughs> well great comedy is a is timeless is what they say uh, it is they were they were they were funny so how are you how's etsy working out for you i hear a lot about etsy i don't sell on etsy i don't do a lot of commission but any commission work i do is all local here in town um how's that working out for you um, is it a growing area for you or are you just kind of making things work? Um, I'm making things work for the moment. Uh, I, I've been on Etsy for a long time and unfortunately it's not as nice of a platform as it used to be, in my opinion. It used well, to be... Expound on that, please. Yes, uh, it, it used to be... It used to be very supportive of handmade, artisan, handcrafted goods. Um, there weren't allowed, like you weren't allowed to resell things. You couldn't, like you could sell craft supplies, but they were quite stringent about what craft supplies were. You could sell antiques, but they were quite stringent about what an antique was. You weren't allowed to just you know, resell things from, uh, you know, that were mass produced and all these things. There used to be giant report buttons on everybody's shops. And if you suspected someone of not following the rules, you just click that button and, you know, we all helped to make the community great. Um, They had a change of management in the last couple of years and it's just not the platform it used to be. It unfortunately seems like a race to the bottom for a lot of products. Um, you'll, you'll, you'll get a leather wallet that is, is handmade and it costs $50 and, you know, you kind of wonder about stuff like that. And then when your wallet that is handmade is in your shop and it costs $200, you get sent to the bottom of the search engine mm-hmm. because yours is more expensive, which you makes know, it really hard to sort of get yourself out there. So they're actually playing to the lower end of everybody, not the so they're going price over quality. And they have so many hoops that you need to jump through. Uh, like one of the hoops is 
you need to be offering free shipping to US uh, to, to purchaser, purchasers from the US. You should be offering free shipping and then you will be at the top of the listing. But I cannot for the life of yeah. me figure out how you have free shipping on a product without somebody either overpaying or you eating it on something mm-hmm. else. And then shipping from Canada to the United States is almost cost prohibitive. And I know in some cases it's probably as much as the product. It's actually, it's not that bad. Like for me, 15 bucks, I can like 15 bucks Canadian. I'm not sure what the exact conversion is, but um, the, uh, like I can say 15 bucks and it's not so bad here. So that's, uh, that's just under 12 bucks um, American. And I can ship one of my book straps to you guys, like mm-hmm. anywhere in America, and it's fine. That's fine. Oh. It's just that if I tack on the $15 to my product and say it's free shipping, if someone from Europe buys my product, I have to eat the additional shipping. Or if somebody from Canada buys my product, they're overpaying for shipping. Mm-hmm. But if I don't offer free shipping, my stuff doesn't come up first in a search engine. And that's what so, I was going to say, that... that- it, it kind of doesn't make sense to offer free shipping. <sighs> Bless you. It doesn't right. offer, it, it doesn't make sense to offer free shipping or you have to offer free shipping because most smart people will just roll that into their product. And I can't see somebody, you know, buying a $5 thing and it would cost $20 to get it to them mm-hmm. and they charge you 10 so somebody's eating that extra ten dollars, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying, and it, it to me, if you want to offer free shipping, offer it. Mm-hmm. But if you if you offer it, more than likely you're still paying for it. Nothing in this life is free. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, eBay is notorious for that because it defaults to just low price, low to high price, and people will sell something for five bucks, but it'll cost twenty dollars to ship it. You know, so they're just making their profit in a different area. Yeah. Well, did you ever um, see that? You've seen those commercials. But it gets them higher on the search string, though. But you've seen those commercials where it's like, for $9.95, you can get blah, 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 blah. Just pay a, you know, small shipping and handling fee. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would, you know, Scott and I were old enough. We actually called up to, you know, make those orders. And I remember it was like a $5 part that I needed for something. And when I called up, uh, it was like $35 because of the shipping and handling. So the shipping was $5, but the handling was 25. And I'm like, so that's where they made their money. And that's how these people on, this is my own assumption. That's how, you know, the Shamway guy can sell, you know, a lot of things because of that little uh, shipping and handling you know, not included. The handling is where they make their money so they can give the product pretty much away for free. You know, it's just, a, uh, I'm glad our, our space on uh, Instagram isn't like Etsy. Mm-hmm. It is very supportive of everybody. And uh, exactly. speaking of supportive, I just want to take this moment to uh, shout out our supporters that uh, help us pay the bills. And that would be uh, Tony Langer from Langer Works, Dave from First Dude Woodworks, Vincent from Vincent M. Ferrari, 
uh, Marion over there at the Creative Ward Gallery and our own Scott from Dad Ed. It Yourself DIY. So thank you guys for uh, sponsoring us. Thank you, Scott, You're uh, for sponsoring us. And we appreciate everything. If you want to sponsor us, uh, head on over to our Linktree site. Uh, you can find out everywhere you can support us. And hell, even sharing the show just supports us. So just want to throw that in there because it was a great segue. And I'm pretty awesome with segues. <laughs> yeah, thanks, everybody, for the support. We really appreciate it. But yeah, I, uh, getting back to your leather work. I don't, uh, the first time I saw you, uh, your work was, I think when I uh, joined the discord group and I swear to God, it was, I thought it, they were wood. I thought it was walnut, cherry, walnut, cherry, walnut for your book holders. No way. Like, Man, she's selling those things for a lot of money. <laughs> and and somewhere I, I, cause I, Vincent was making them also. And Vincent was something I'm like, what the, I don't get it. It looks oh, like a piece of stained stack plywood. It does. And I was just like, <laughs> holy, oh, shit, that's all leather. Oh, no wonder it's more expensive. Gotcha. <laughs> well, actually, I think leather and wood will uh, are probably about the same price right now. <laughs> so do you get, I, I mean, assuming you get fluctuations in leather cost, uh, do you use multiple... Um, leather dealers or do you have like your go-to two or three because there aren't any big box store leather places that I'm aware of mm -hmm. uh, so I actually I haven't noticed a lot of fluctuation uh, the, the brown leather there that I use for most of my book straps and then I use for the book page holders and quite a few other and for the for the pen cups that is a leather that I get from a local cobbler supply store mm -hmm. that I that I've been um, that they know me quite well. Uh, Workov Saphir is their name. A local supply store here in Winnipeg, and they're just wonderful. And uh, it, their prices have been the same for that that height of leather for as long as I've been buying it. It's uh, it's about thirteen bucks a square foot, which isn't bad. And I'll buy it like a twenty-two square foot height at a time. So what you're saying is that stuff is is tough as shoe leather. Oh yeah, it's it's super nice. Like it's uh it, it's harness leather and it's it's quite robust. Come on, that was a joke. That was horrible. I, <laughs> I can. Uh, we were just trying to get through. Shoe leather, though. Just trying to get through it. <laughs> it was horrible. I tried. I tried. I said, I'm the Costello. She you went right by it. She's just like, yeah, it's good as I'd <laughs> So that's like the same stuff they use for tack leather uh, and harnesses and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it's, it's a little light for harness, but it's good for um, like, I mean, if you stack it and you, and you sew through it, it's, it's pretty strong. It's got a, a pretty good temper. So like it's quite, the fibers are quite close together. So it's quite rigid and quite dense. Uh, which which makes a difference. It's nice and firm, and it uh, as it softens up, it still keeps some of its rigidity. Um, if, if that makes any sense, like you can you can break it in, but it doesn't get like too floppy or or anything. It, it's it's really really nice, yeah. And their uh, work hob has always been super good to me. Um, actually, funny story, uh, they sent me an entire hide, and 
they didn't have my, they had the wrong credit card number on file, so they couldn't actually charge me for it. And then they didn't have the right phone number, which I don't understand how, because I call them like twice a month. But uh, so they couldn't charge me for it. And then I called them, um, I called them a couple of days ago just to, you know, see if they could get something else for me. And they're like, oh, and by the way, we don't have your credit card numbers. We haven't charged you for this. I'm like, you guys weren't going to like try to get a hold of me. Like we didn't know how. <laughs> we couldn't well, figure. I mean, we couldn't but, but figure it out. They're they're just they're so nice and just trusting and uh, just just great people. So isn't that a can, a Canadian thing? I mean, we, we we have our share of terrible people here too. Don't uh, <laughs> don't ever think we don't. <laughs> I have never run into say well yeah a, Can- a terrible canadian person will will mug you and then apologize <laughs> i'm sorry but i need the money <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry <laughs> so they're kind of like australia in that manner uh, no australians will stab you in the back and punch no you no off. yeah Australian <laughs> and they're very blunt i have family in australia like they'll cross the street to punch you in the face yeah it's, uh... that sounds like ireland well, that's a whole different. That's a whole different. <laughs> that's a whole different thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, the stereotypes that we have. Yeah. But yeah, I, I didn't realize. Actually, I didn't realize you were in Canada until you spoke your first couple words, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" So she's either from like Wisconsin in that area, or she's Canadian. Well, she's like way up Canadian. Okay? Way up like Canadian. Most of, but most of the Canadians we know, they're like in Toronto and Ottawa, down by the, you know, the border. She's right. like, like Arctic Circle, Canada. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm less than two hours from the border. Really? Why did I think Winnipeg is just so much further north? Like Calgary yeah. north. <laughs> two hours from the border of are. what? North Pole? <laughs> Win- Winnipeg is like less... Uh, I think we're around two hours from the border. We're we're pretty close, I think. Now I'm looking at a map. <laughs> yeah, you guys got a, uh, you guys get a lot of short winters and or yeah, sh- short daylight, short daylight and long daylight in the in the summer and the winter, right? Yes. Yeah, we. I mean, we get kind of the extremes on both ends. Like our winters are minus forty and our summers are plus forty, so mm-hmm. we sort of get big swings. Know, everything. No, I was talking oh, wow. about okay. I was talking about the sunlight that was hitting you. You would get that for what? In the summer, I guess you're you're like mm-hmm. 14 hours of sunlight during the day now. Yeah, uh, I think our longest day of the year. I remember. Um, I haven't r- ridden my horse much this year, but in year in summers before, I could go out riding and I could come back at like quarter to ten mm-hmm. at night, and it was still you know, a semblance of daylight. So we do get our, our you know. Yeah, that was, the, that was actually the weirdest thing when I, when I moved from Tennessee back here, since we're up, I'm further up north, the winter, the winter months, the daylight is really short. Mm-hmm. It would start getting light about nine o'clock and then it would, you know, drop out. And I wasn't used to that because before that I was in Tennessee and before that I was in Florida. So it's been a, you know, a stepping stone to get me up here. And it's, 
I'm still kind of in awe. It's like, it's just turning dark now and we're in Pennsylvania. So, but I'm in Southern Pennsylvania. So my brain was telling me you were North, like Edmonton North. I don't know why I thought Winnipeg was that much further North, but the fact is you're still two hours North of North Dakota, which is freezing cold as far as we're concerned. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we get our, our minus 40 winters. It still gets pretty mean. I mean, we get like, we've had winters where it's gotten to minus 50 without the wind chill. And uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think Winnipeg holds a, holds a record for the coldest temperature in a, um, in a large city or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what they define as large city, but I think we have a record for that, for how cold we got. So are you native Winnipeg, Manitoba? Have you lived there your whole life or yep. did you just end up there? No, <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I've been here my whole life. Um, so what do they call somebody from Winnipeg? Broke? In, no, no, I mean like... Canadian? You know, no, yeah, exactly. It, oh. it has a demonym, I'm sorry, but I can't oh, say like, like Winnipeg- Winnipegian? Winnipegger. <laughs> Winnipegger. Yeah. Okay. And it's Manitoban. Yes. Okay. All right. So I don't know if you know. So I'm, I'm just north of Seattle. I'm in Washington, just mm-hmm. south of Vancouver, BC. Um, and I live on an island. We're called Whidbey Islanders <laughs> or Oak Harbin. <laughs> we just call them weird. Yeah. But I like <laughs> demonyms from different places like Quebecois from Quebec. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Now, there's some wins that you you just don't know what they are. No, no. you don't. You, you can't. You're like that doesn't sound right. And you put the bill and all the other little things at the end of it. To, like no, no, and that doesn't sound right at all. They just all sound awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much like I do right now. So, obviously, we, we've talked a lot about leather work. Is is that kind of the lane you're taking or as the question I always ask, what's the next big thing, big thing? Is there some other skill set you want to pick up some area of making that interests you that you want to learn more about, or are you just going to be a leather worker and be the best there is at it? Well, I, uh, I mean, I do really enjoy the leather work. I, I would like to expand that in that there's many techniques I would like to learn. Um, I would also like to, maybe get a sewing machine right now. I do all my uh, sewing by hand, which I really enjoy, but it's sometimes cost prohibitive and time consuming for certain projects. Do you have to get a a certain kind of sewing machine for leather? I mean, I would guess on the thickness, if if it's thicker leather, yes, but you. I want to say it's called, isn't that called like a class five or something like that? I think uh, there's certain companies like there's the Cobra brand uh, uh-huh. class five that you may be thinking of, but I um, like, I sort of have my eye on a Canadian sewing machine company called Texo. They're out of Montreal mm-hmm. and they have a, uh, they've got a number of leather machines, but they have a, uh, they have a specific one that can go through about seven eighths inch thick leather and it has this sort of roller guide on the side so that you can, you know, butt your leather up against that and have your, your seam allowance always be nice and consistent. And they've got different guides for if you're sewing around hardware or zippers, 
um, a lot of really, really nice amenities that are just, you know, good for leather stuff. And this is a powered machine or a hand machine? It's a powered machine. Yeah, it, it's, it's got a motor for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in the Navy, I uh, worked a lot with our parachute riggers. So the machines we have, they're made by a company called Conso. And uh, there's another maker here that I, I was talking to lately. She picked up a used machine right outside of uh, uh, Fort Bragg, which again, parachute riggers, you know, that's where the airborne yeah. division is. And I mean, super tough. We're not talking the singer that you buy at, at Walmart. Mm-hmm. You know, this thing could sew through multiple layers of, of uh, webbing and parachute harnessing and leather and that mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, yeah, they, the, the riggers just always talk about this this class five machine that they always had at the depot that could sew through a quarter. (laughs) I was like, who needs needs to sew through a quarter? (laughs) So, I mean, I I really don't know a lot about machines. So that Mm -hmm. very well, it sounds like it is just a terminology that I'm just Mm -hmm. not, you know, not familiar with. So Mm -hmm. uh, my, when I first got into leather work, I, I worked for a man who had a cobbler shop in in a small town near because I, I grew up in the country in a, in a rural area and this, there's a town near us that had a cobbler and I worked for him for a while and he made horse harness and he made saddles and he serviced horse harness and saddles and he did cobbler work and all sorts of things he had a refurbished sewing machine that was from the early, early 1900s, I believe, he had to get on a waiting list for this. And they'll basically, they salvage them, they bring them into the shop, they fix them all up, they refurbish them, they stick a motor on them, and then they sell them. Mm -hmm. So he got this thing, and it was an absolute beast of a machine. Um, But the throttle on it was a little bit sticky. And so sometimes it would sort of like take off on you, like get away on you, right? And this thing was a harness, like a harness machine. And for harness leather, you're going through like an inch or more of leather at one time because it's like stacks and stacks and stacks. Plus you might have like a half inch felt in there to go against the horse. Uh, So he had this machine and I was sitting in a shop one day working and it got away on him. And he just sort of calls me over and he's like, Oh, I need your help. I need your help. And I look over his shoulder and the machine had actually like taken off and gone through part of his hand. Ah. <laughs> I knew that was and, coming. I just knew that was coming. Yeah. And he's just sort of like looking at it and like laughing. And he's like, can you help me out here? And I just, I didn't know what to do. I just looked at that. And I just, my brain just kind of short circuited. And then. It's called he, a backstitch. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's not how that works. But that <laughs> I don't think he would so, have appreciated that. <laughs> So he's basically, oh, he was laughing. I think he, I think he, at that point it had happened so much. He was just looking for a reaction out of me. So he asked me to, you know, help him get out of this. And the first thing I thought, I'm like, you've had this shop for 20 years. What did you do before I got here? And he just like reaches over and he grabs a shoe, like an old shoe and he throws it at the wall. And then the, the barber from next door <laughs> comes over. And he just like comes over and he already knows what's going on. He's got like a set of pliers and he just comes over and like, you know, just gets him out of it and everything's good. Holy crap. And I've seen a guy put a sewing needle through his finger. 
That's like the craziest thing I've ever seen. I've got it somewhere. I've actually got a picture of the x-ray with the needle broken off in the guy's finger, but I can't oh, even imagine God. sewing through your hand. Oh my God. That's a heck of a story. <laughs> uh, so that sounds like a good stopping point for us to take a break. Um, so we can uh, pay our sponsors and things like that. So we'll be right back after something. Lovey, where are you? I'm in here. What are you doing in here? Trying to learn how to paint. Why is that? Well, my therapist said that painting was to calm me down from being all mad and everything. I need 10 dinner. Yes, Lord Perfidious. Where is that report I asked for an hour ago? I'll go get it. better, or you know what'll happen. Now, what are you saying, dear? Well, let me see what you have. There you go. What do you think? Maybe we should find you a different hobby. Why did you pick painting? Because my therapist said this place is so dark and dreary that it needed some color. So I figured I'd paint it myself. No, dear. You need to go to Instagram and look up the Creative Board Gallery. There you will find Bob Ross inspired paintings that'll look great in any room on the Death Star. Oh, where can I find her again? That's the Creative Board Gallery on Instagram and Facebook. Mention this ad and she will give you free shipping in the United States. Hey, and we're back with Tanil from Rosen Design. Thanks for sticking with us through the break. Ah. Are, are you talking about Tanil or our listeners? Uh, hopefully there's more than one listener out there. I think there's five. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was like, yeah, I really appreciate those the... five. <laughs> I just look at it this way. If you didn't stay through the break, ah, screw off. Mm. <laughs> Very hopefully you'll funny. never hear it. So, Tanil, that was oh. that was a great story. Um, I really enjoyed that story. It was, uh, um, what was I say? I just saw it coming. And, you know, for those listeners who uh, couldn't see what was going on, the look on my face, because I knew what she was going to say was just yeah. shocking. <laughs> I, I just hope I didn't, uh, I hope everybody had adequate warning for that one. Although I feel like makers, you know, that's just part of making is that yes. things are going to happen. So ho yeah. hopefully I didn't uh, chase anyone away with that one, but you know. Jacob was talking about running his finger into a table saw last week. Table so. saw last week. So yeah. <laughs> kind of okay. <laughs> and, and the week before I was talking about when I, you know, nearly took my fingertip off with the bandsaw. <laughs> but you know, that's what yeah. I told Jacob. And I said, I told uh, when Jacob told me what happened, uh, after asking if he was okay, you know, is there anything I could do? You know, doing the friend thing. I did the friend thing and said, dude, if you would have had some glue on your fingertip, man, that wouldn't have happened. I know I have proof. And he's like, screw you, man. Because <laughs> I actually showed that video on, it's actually one of my videos. All eight of them. I have eight. But yeah, that's, uh, anyway. That's a little fun, little fun thing. So in the, in the first half, you mentioned that you like horses or you have a horse. Uh, both, I suppose. It's, uh, I guess oh. it's hard to have a horse if you don't like them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Man, she's, I love her. She's a smart ass. <laughs> she's gotten comfortable now. So the next time we have her on, she'd be like, just, eh, yeah, I'll just poo-poo on Steve, just like everybody else does. So my assumption is that you maintain all your own tack for your horses. I do. That's that's exactly how I got into this uh, into this mess, so to speak. Is um, 
you know, like just having to fix and maintain and uh, replace parts on things and, you know, all the work involved, I just figured, let's try doing it myself. And, uh, and now we're here. So had the horse, started working on the tack, went to work for the guy who did shoes and tack, watched him sew his hand, said, that's scary. And then decided, I'm going to become an architect. <laughs> I'm going to quit architecture to become a full-time leather worker again. There's a, there's a weird yeah. jump there from sewing my hand to architecture. <laughs> I, I think it's just, hmm? uh, no, go ahead. I was going to say something really stupid. Oh. <laughs> Part for the course. Well, don't, don't let me stop you. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever has. Oh, no, oh, yeah, nobody, nobody stops me. <laughs> uh. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Okay, so basically, I grew up uh, in a in rural Manitoba and I always enjoyed doing work outside and you know farm work and horse work so you're always shoveling horse poop or moving hay bales or fixing fences it's all sorts of labor when I moved into the city um to you know get out on my own I didn't want to work a desk job so I ended up working um a construction job for a while and doing carpentry and then I ended up getting an injury where I couldn't do physical labor anymore. And I was sort of forced to maybe get a desk job. And the architectural technology seemed like a good sort of segue into that because I had the experience of the building already and I was interested in it. And so it, it just worked out that way. Yeah, I, I still don't like office jobs, but if I have to have an office job, that one is not the worst. I understand that. I was a construction estimator for probably 10 years before I joined the Navy. So, and that's how I, now I'm a contractor. So I kind of went the opposite direction than you did. I learned the business and like, that was fun designing. Let's go build now. Yeah. Yeah. And none of my stuff runs into it. There's no <laughs> rhyme or reason. Just nothing. Well, you did computers after you got out of the Navy, didn't you, Steve? No. No. Okay, so we'll go back. So after graduation, I worked for the ra uh, radio station and the sk local skating rink. Uh -huh. um, had several jobs. N none of them were, you know, I enjoyed DJing. So it was kind of making, you know, way because I was making people have fun. Yeah, how's that? That works? <laughs> that makes All sense. Right. Well, I mean, if you're actually in a bar, the, the DJ can make or break the night. Uh -huh. You know, he plays a bunch of crappy music. You're like, man, this DJ sucks. I'm out of here. <laughs> I could just hear it. And Neil's in the background dancing. I, could just, <laughs> I don't know how to. I can't do that. It's kind of like beatboxing. That'll never happen. So how long does an architectural technologist have to go to school? Oh, it was uh, it was just three years. Oh. Yeah, it was a, it was just a diploma program, or uh, it was a program just through a, through the college here, the community college. So, yeah, it was one of those things where you learn a lot in school, but then you get into the real world and you realize you don't know anything, and you just have to, you know, learn as you go. But I I enjoyed it. It was it was great. Yeah, it was really fun. I like the military. Yep, exactly. Send us all to tech school. Most of the stuff we learn in tech school is on old equipment that we don't even use in the fleet anymore. And then, but you take that, I don't know, systematic knowledge 
into the field and then learn what actually happens out there. Yeah, you only learn like 10% that you need in school and the rest is on the job training, Mm -hmm. which can be fun and can suck at the same time because usually you're somebody's Worker. Gopher. Gopher. That's the word yeah. I'm thinking of. Worker. Yeah. So, yep. so by fire. let's talk about um, makers and uh, the community and stuff like that. I know you're, you're part of the mozzies and you're on the makers having coffee and on our discord server. So that's where you got a chance to meet a lot of us. Have you had a chance to go to any of the maker meetups or conventions or anything and meet anybody? Or are we all internet friends still? Just internet friends so far. Um, I'm I'm quite far away from everybody. I think, uh, oh boy, Dave from our group, even though we have a few Daves in our group, uh, <laughs> one of them, Photography Dave, I believe, I'll call him that. I'm sorry, Dave. <laughs> He's in Minnesota, which I think he is the closest to me out of our group. <laughs> but because of the border and because of, you know, COVID and everything, it's not really, you know, you can't just go hang out. There's Grant and Morley who are in Ontario, which I would totally love to meet up with both of them one day. I think that would be a really fun thing to try. But uh, other than that, there really isn't anybody like I, I you know, we're, we're all just far enough away from each other that it's not really practical to meet up, unfortunately. But I'd totally be down, like, once maybe once COVID settles down a little bit or something, or, if, you know, I've got some time and and something to a meet up between the three of us could be fun. No no borders or anything to, to deal with. No, that's on the south, not the north. Uh, no, no, Morley and Grant are both east of me. Yeah. That was a joke. Yeah, they're actually yeah. south oh. of me. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so okay. Be- uh, did- before the pandemic hit, I didn't even know what the what the I mean, well, the Discord server didn't exist before the pandemic. Um, and so my only interaction with makers outside of my general, like people I knew here in town that did stuff, um, was on Facebook groups. And I will definitely say that the group we have on the discord and on the mozzies and stuff is just, I mean, talk about having a group of friends that you can bounce stuff off of, you know, it is definitely fantastic. Yeah. It's blossomed my creativity, you know, and then to have people that are going through some of the same struggles I am not only just as a, as a woodworker, but as a YouTuber, as an Instagrammer um, and learning the social media side of it has been just fantastic. And so I would definitely say, you know, in the community, that has been probably the greatest thing that I've gotten out of the pandemic, you know, is, yeah. is that interaction and those friendships. And we got to meet you, you know, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, and I, and our I, paths would have never crossed in the whole world <laughs> if it wasn't for that group. <laughs> and again, I, it's funny, I can't even remember how I got into the Discord group, like exactly. I, it was either through Ethan Carter or through Morley. I can't remember, but what, I don't know. Anyways. Um, yeah. I mean, since COVID my social life has just completely tanked and I don't see anybody really anymore. So like you guys are my social life and it's just fantastic. And also to have, um, to, to have, you know, daily communication with other makers and, 
I've gone through, you know, different things with you guys on the discord about how we price out goods and how, you know, photography and just all these different things. And it's such, it's so wonderful to have this community of everybody having like really good knowledge in something. And then everybody's just willing to share. And like between all of us, we can just problem solve and help each other through things, whether it be maker stuff or like other things. It's just, yeah, it's super fantastic. I'm so glad that I, that I ran into this group. Yeah, it's really neat how we have different uh, sub subgroups so that we um, know what's going on with the... Uh... Words are hard. Yeah, man. words are hard. I'm sorry. No, I'm sitting here. My computer is like beeping and dinging, and I don't know why, because <laughs> I'm not doing anything. Um, but no, it's really neat because not only are you know we're there for each other for the maker side of it, but we're there each other as as actual friends. You know, we talk mm -hmm. about our lives, um, we talk about the challenges we're facing. You know, I mean, there's a little bit of everything in that group, and there's something, you know. And sometimes you know you get in that attitude and you're like, eh, 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 and, you, and you whine about it a little bit, and someone like Dean Duplantis comes in and like tells you to suck it He's up, baby, shut up, and you know, put the work into it. You know. Yeah. So. Dean is the best, but also the worst, because that's yeah. what he does. He just swoops in there and he's like, stop, just stop right now. <laughs> Shut up, baby, and just do the work, you know, put the effort into it and reap the benefits. Stop yeah. whining yeah. about no it. Excuses. You know? no excuses. I remember there was like oh, one night we were in, I think we were on Mozzie's one day and I was talking about something, you know, and it was like I had talked about it enough that it had made it from week to week to week. And then I was then I was like, yeah. And then some other YouTuber just did a video about it now. And they were like, well, that's your own freaking fault. You know, you've been talking about it for five weeks. Why don't you just do something? <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, when you get the whole tree thing. You know, the best time to build a tree is 40 years ago or today. <laughs> so go build a tree or go plant a tree. <laughs> yeah, no. And, Interesting. And and that's what I that's what I really love about the group is because there's enough of us that all have sort of our strengths and, and whatever that when you need support and you need someone to just be like, oh, it's going to be OK, you know, just keep doing it. It's going to be OK or whatever to hold your hand, so to speak. Or sometimes you just need someone to tell you to stop complaining, stop, like stop complaining to us and just go do it, mm -hmm. like just do it. And sometimes that's what you need, right? And it's it's wonderful that you have that that I have that that uh, you know because I, I wouldn't get that from anywhere else. The thing that's really starting to bum me out is you know obviously as the world is starting to open up, so people are getting their lives back. So our little Zoom groups are shrinking. You know, instead of what was 10, 15 people is now five or six. Some days it's only two or three, and I'm like, hmm, you know, where's everybody? Where's my friends? <laughs> my, my social life is not growing um we're uh, I, I unfortunately i fully predict that we're gonna be uh doing poorly again very shortly so i have no big rush to get out and socialize not honestly i didn't have a social life even before this really so i i'm always going to be around for sure i'm not going anywhere i know <laughs> so you'll be there saturday <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm going to ask a really, it's a question I've always wanted to ask. It's always uh, made me curious when we had leather workers on here that do it for a 
a living. Have you ever had a request to make? Um, oh, I know what you're going to say. There you go. That's kind of stuff. Bedroom stuff. Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. Dominance related materials. <laughs> rec recreational scolding. There you go. Yeah. No, honestly, um, I do actually, I haven't done much of that lately, but that used to actually be a good chunk of my work. Um, yeah, that, that used that used to be a really good chunk of my work um, in the before times, before COVID. The before when, times. Before times. The before times. Yeah. So the one, like the thing I'm going to say about that, that demographic of customers, that group of, that group of customers, that is the one customer base that I have encountered where they will say, I would like this. And you will say, okay, it's going to cost this. And they will say, okay, mm. like that's it. Mm. That's no argument, no bartering, no anything like, oh man i can't afford that i, I mean <laughs> sometimes they do say that but it's never like there's never yeah they're the group of people where where they they go in to the into the request knowing they're going to be spending money and knowing that they need to spend money to get quality because it's important so <laughs> when you say this is going to cost x amount they're like okay and that's the end of Gotta it. Gotta make sure that stuff won't break. And then it's comfy and yeah, comfy and durable and well made and all those things, right? It's it's just yeah. you you understand that going in. So yeah. I don't know why I have that, you know, sick mind, I guess. And I was just like, I gotta ask. I would assume that most it's kind of like, you know, other stereotypes. People think if you yeah. work in leather, you make those kind of things automatically. But now it's I did not. I did not automatically think that. Oh, no, I said most, most people. But Yeah, not most, not most people. So something interesting you said, you said you used to do a lot of that. Now, was that because the because of the pandemic, the, the business yeah. dried up? Or have you made a decision that you don't want to uh, work with that clientele? No, it, it's, uh, it's straight up because of the pandemic. Um, I actually used to be quite involved in that social circle of, of Winnipeg and used to just be another social circle I hung out with. It was great. And I used to do a lot of work for those, for those people. They were my friends and customers and clients and everything else. And of course with COVID, all of that got shut down. So um, there's just not as much of a demand anymore. And that, that's, that's all it comes down to. And so, I, yeah. I, look, I look forward to the day when, uh, when we can all hang out again. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm so I'm, I pride myself on being the guy who knows a guy. So when someone comes to me with a problem says, you know, I need this. I'm like, Oh, I know a guy. Well, guess what? I know a guy now. <laughs> so you need a ball gag and <laughs> a zipper face mask. I know the perfect person for that. <laughs> I would like a leather whip, please. <laughs> A cat of nine tails with a studded collar. All right. I want a, I want a riding crop. And I don't I, own a that, horse. That was a great question, Steve. That opened up a side of this young lady that I didn't know. I, I can be discreet, man. I don't, that's why I don't post any of that on my Instagram. I can be discreet. 
you know, on, yep. on social media, that may get you some followers. <laughs> Definitely on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Not using the magic, <laughs> just making them, not using. Hey, well, posting pictures of the product on TikTok. There's a whole side of TikTok for that stuff. <laughs> there is? Well, yeah. Now you're making me feel old because I still don't exactly know what TikTok is. I really don't. <laughs> TikTok is, feel is, bad, is do I. TikTok is the younger kids' new social media thing. Sure. Okay. Yeah. You sure. should look um, into it. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. If you like short form um, social media, like you can absorb in like five to 10 seconds, TikTok is you. You can sit there and just scroll through stuff. It's like Reels. It's what Reels, Instagram Reels is the direct com- competition to TikTok. Wasn't, isn't that what Vine is? That's what Vine was. Was. Oh, no, I'm really old. Oh, no. Okay. I, I know. Look I never up, saw Vine. World. TikTok. I went to, I chased TikTok because I'm a social media person. And I saw that's where stuff was. You know, okay. so whatever's the, the new shiny thing in the world, if you want to increase your social media presence, you chase the new shiny thing. And see, I think that's where I am absolutely lacking is that I am not, uh, I spend more time looking up videos on leather than I do on keeping up with what is the current hip Mm -hmm. social thing. Well, and I think that there's, there's a huge difference, you know, Um, you're not a content creator. You're a leather worker who posts their work and their commission stuff on social media. There are people, it's like, I watch these guys that fix cars, right? My wife says they're not very good mechanics. I said, they're not mechanics at all. They're content creators that just happen. Their media happens to be fixing cars. You know, it's no different than some of the woodworkers. You know, they don't build things for people. They don't do commission work. They just build things to film it, to put it on social media. So that's probably why you wouldn't chase it because you're not trying to increase your social media. Social media isn't an income stream for you. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just an avenue that you use to display and display your work and to um, to market your work so you get more commissions. Does that make sense? You see it more as an advertisement platform than a than a uh, an income platform like I do. I see it more as something else. But you should check out TikTok. It's fun. <laughs> it's another fun. Ra- it's another rabbit hole yes. from what I've heard. Yes, but it's fun. Yep. Another rabbit hole. Speaking of rabbit holes. Yeah. Uh, it's time for a segment that we uh, came up with a couple of weeks ago. And yes, that was a horrible segue. No, it was a great segue. Didn't make any sense. That's oh, fine. Ah, okay. It came from me. So that would make some sense. Uh, so we added this and I think it's fun. We may actually try to do this in the beginning of the show just to loosen up uh, our guests. And <laughs> I don't think Tennille needs any more loosening up. Not anymore. Wow. You just look at this. Yeah. (laughs) Just a quiet little little girl. Uh, No. No. It's always the quiet ones. Yes, mistress. (laughs) So anyway, so we're going to try to play a game that uh, have you uh, never have I ever. So... um, Play along with us if you want at home. So, Scott. Uh, you're so okay. okay, so play with play with us at home. 
There it goes. Now we're <clears throat> play along with us at home. Uh, you just check a point if you've ever done this, and then we'll uh, you know post it on our Makers Figuring It Out Instagram page, and you know let us know what your score was. So far, Scott and I are pretty much tied. Mm-hmm. Now he's had one that was higher than me, and I had one that was higher than him. But no guests so far. The guests have always been. I don't. I don't know if they're embarrassed or who knows. I don't know. Maybe they're just like I don't want to play this stupid game, so I'm just going to say no. (laughs) I think Tennille's going to go do good. She doesn't say no to much. (laughs) Wow, we are going in a totally different direction. (sighs) Sorry, (laughs) I'm going to talk to Tennille more. (sighs) Just because. Oh. Could have told me I was I was being nice oh. earlier, and I was just like, "Oh, she, <laughs> nice little innocent, you know, young thing." Oh, no, no, nope. Okay. Find that out now. We're gonna have her on again, and we're gonna have lower <laughs> the talk. We're gonna have the talk. <laughs> All Everything right, Steve. You, what, what do you, you know? got for us? <laughs> what do I have for us? All right. So, <laughs> I think I picked fifteen. So, never have I ever creeped on an X, uh, creeped an X on social media. Oh, maybe I should write this down myself. Uh, never have I ever farted in front of a significant other. Okay. I don't think that's humanly possible. Mm. I don't know. Is it? Uh, we'll find out later. Never have I ever peed in a pool. I don't think that's humanly possible. So the other day I was at the pool and I had to go to the bathroom. So I went down to the deep end and Oh my God, when the lifeguard blew his whistle, it scared me so much I almost fell in the pool. Never have I ever <laughs> broken a bone. Come on, come on. <laughs> Sorry. I get through this. Never have I ever broken a bone. Never have I ever cheated on a test. My eyes hurt. I'm laughing so much. Have, never have I ever been cheated on. We know that one for me. Never have I ever played strip poker. We know that one for Tanil. <laughs> never have I ever been to Mexico. Never have I ever eaten caviar. Shit, I don't remember. I'm going to put a half because I can't remember if I have or not. No, I have. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Never have gotten a hickey. Now we know Tennille's answer. Never have I ever fallen asleep in class. We know Scott's answer. Never have I ever worn something I took out of my dirty laundry. And I'm about to go get a perfect score. Never have I ever vomited after a roller coaster ride. And finally, oh, I gotta get one more. Never I, have I ever seen an alligator in real life. Ooh, I have a story to tell you about that. And I'm gonna pick. Uh, never have I ever regifted a gift. Oh my! Alrighty. Well, since uh, our guest is a guest, uh, we need to let her go first. So, uh, Tanil, what was your score? Twelve. Twelve. Very nice. And Mr. Scott, beam me up. 15. 
Good job. Nice job. I nice have job lived of li- a life. <laughs> nice job of living. See, for me, um, I've never been to Mexico and I've never thrown up on a roller coaster because I'm too scared to go on a roller coaster. Uh-huh. Oh. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. the rest of them, though. What's the third one? You said 12. It was 15. Oh, I, can't, I can't remember what the third. Oh. Um, Ever regifted? No. No, definitely regifted. Yeah. Definitely. Caviar. Do they even have caviar in Manitoba? We get we get it from the ditch fish. <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, um, catfish, wouldn't it? No, they don't. They don't live that far up. They're, they're called ditch uh, suckers. So anyway, ditch suckers. Yeah. Just bottom of carp. Just bottom feeders. Yeah, I got fifteen. Fifteen. Also. Okay. <laughs> so I have definitely thrown up after a roller coaster. Um, I remember. Oh, okay. So when I was a kid, you know, you go to the, the amusement parks, and if you're there late, late. You can just keep riding and riding keep and riding, riding and riding and riding. And, riding, and, riding. Yeah. and we were at Knott's Berry Farms in Anaheim and Buena Park. And they had one called the Corkscrew. And we just mm-hmm. kept riding it after and after and after and after. And I got, we got in the car to head home and I started, it, oh, it was so bad. <laughs> I was like 12, but it was so bad. Yeah, that was way too much. I can't even go upside down anymore. Anywhere I shouldn't have had those 14 donuts before we got on. Well, yeah, and of course I've been sucking down soda and ice cream and hot dogs and all that crap at the yep. place. So. Uh, never have I ever peed in a muscle. We'll go over these. Uh, <laughs> pretty much, uh, we're only worried about Daniel's. Uh, oh, pretty much you've only, uh, see, you said you haven't. Um, have, it, have not cheated but, on a test. Yep. Uh-huh. I've not cheated on a test, have not thrown up on a roller coaster because I'm too scared to go on a roller coaster, and I have not been to Mexico. Been to Mexico. I used to live in San Diego, which is like five minutes from Mexico. So, But you know what? Actually, You've been to Canada, and lots of people haven't been to Canada. <laughs> I've been there once. Just, yeah. Have you ever left? Reason. Have you ever left Canada? You've been to the States yeah. before. Um, I have been to the States only for um there's a place called mike's parcel pickup in heaven and north dakota where we go to pick things up that we don't want to have shipped across the border and then that's we just a, drive across the border and declare it that's um, a huge thing for canadians isn't it um it's it's big for manitoba specifically because we're or for winnipeg specifically because we're so close to the border because it's like mm-hmm. a two-hour drive so like that's pretty so short. morley and grant both talk about driving down to buffalo to do that Okay, then, so they've got their own yeah. version then. And then we yeah. have this. So here on the West Coast, there's a little teeny enclave of the United States called Point Roberts. And it's actually on the Tawasan Peninsula uh, outside of Vancouver. But it's U.S. territory. Okay? okay. The number one business in that little town is parcels. And this is yeah. what happens. Literally, the trucks drive up, cross the border into Canada, drive across the river, go yeah, across the border into Point Roberts, deliver everything, and then drive back around to the mainland. And then the Canadians come down from British Columbia into Port Roberts. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. 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 So we've got Mike's parcel pick up for that. So um, and I've also been in the U.S. to just like layover for flights. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I've been to Australia twice and I haven't traveled anywhere else. And Australia so. three times. Nice. The Navy gives you opportunities to do stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I went to, I got to go to Darwin. Yeah. I like Australia. It's like they try to be Americans, but they miss it by this much. 
That was for Adam Mackey. <laughs> Probably doesn't listen to the podcast, so you're safe. Well, we need to gonna, we need to tag him in the post. <laughs> you'll need to tweet it. I, I've, got, uh, I've got family in Brisbane, so all uh, I've got to do is like get to Australia, and then I have places to crash. So mm-hmm. it's pretty nice. Yeah, it's the getting to Australia part, you know the. $2,000, 14-hour flight. Uh, for <laughs> me, it was, it was 2500 bucks and 17 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I was, that's chump change mm-hmm. for you, Scott. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, all that, that, I'm using know, all that YouTube money. I'm, you're using all that Ryobi oh, money. I wish. <laughs> I don't know why they haven't sponsored you yet. Actually, did I tell you I ran into the rep last this week? Last Friday. No. I ran into a Ryobi rep at Home Depot last Friday. And oh yeah, you told me. I started that. talking to her about my YouTube channel, and she was super impressed. And she gave me a hat and a button and a T-shirt, and and uh, I posted some stuff on Instagram. And I was waiting for her to. She said she's going to talk to the brand manager and see if she could uh, grease the skids for me. So we'll see if I can get some of that Ryobi money. Oh sweet! I hope you do. That'd be pretty nice. Yeah. You, you really do deserve it because you have Ryobi mm-hmm. tools that Ryobi probably doesn't have. Well, that's one of those. Well, I I know I have lots of tools here that Ryobi doesn't sell here that I get from Australia right. and the UK and stuff. But that's another. You know, we talked about the Mozzie Group and them helping out. Um, I literally was on a Zoom, and Lindsay from Woodbrain gave me a name of a lady at Ryobi, and I wrote her a letter, and then Austin from high caliber craftsman was like, Hey, why don't you send me that letter and let me look at it? He goes, I don't know a lot, but I know how to talk to brands. And he actually helped me edit the letter and everything and send it to him. Oh, fantastic! I, I haven't got a response yet, but you know what? I mean, that's, we talk about community and people sharing, you know, they yeah, and, and, our, and our group just being so supportive of each other mm-hmm. and trying to help in any way we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really wonderful. Yeah. We need to charge for all this, uh, you know, it's buttering up we, we the, the the free uh advice yeah, <clears throat> the free advertisement for you know instagram and our makers area so speaking of free advertisement uh steve got some uh shout outs maybe this week yeah we do you know, give some give some free publicity uh to neil so what we usually do is we you know we we uh, shout out a maker or a brand or something that we really like that we think needs a little love and being our guest, hopefully we can give you the first opportunity for a shout out. I know we kind of, I don't I, know if we sprung that on you or not, but have you got somebody? I mean, maybe a little. Okay. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, now my, uh, now my brain is kicking in. And now if I say, if I shout out one person, I'm going to feel really bad about not shouting out other people. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> so you could always shout out the makers on zoom having coffee group yeah but no yeah, one can I mean, but you have that's an invite only group so everybody else yeah. is like, well, I can't get in there no, they could still <laughs> you know shout them out and let them know that how much he loves them i feel like we'd be doing that a lot so okay so uh-huh. i guess sorry guys give me a second all right sure. so knee, knee jerk uh shout out will be I'm going to give a shout. I'm going to give two shout outs because I'm going to give two shout outs. So two shout outs. First of all, I'm going to give a shout out to, um, to other dog design to Jacob Jacob, and um, Jade, his wife. Mm-hmm. So they do. So my book straps, if you've noticed, some of the panels are wood and some of them are wood veneer and some are solid wood. And they've got these beautiful um, laser engraved 
designs on them and all sorts of beautiful craftsmanship into them. So that's Jacob and Jade that have done that. And I've been working with them to, to, to design these and produce these and have them made for me. And they have been absolutely fantastic with their creative input. And it's not like I just send them instructions and then they make it and send it to me. Like they, they put in creative input and they, it's, they, they're just wonderful. And uh, so I, I have to give them a shout out for sure. Um, I'm probably going to have more work for them very shortly. And then I'm going to give a shout out to um, Jeff, um, a weird guy, because I straight up, uh, he sent me around to it. And then I started making my own round to it. And I've sold enough of them that I feel like I should uh, give him a shout out. I know he didn't invent them, but he still sort of inspired me to do my own thing. And, uh, and I've made some money. So mm. I have my so own. Gonna, I'm going to say go, go, everybody. Is it backwards? Go, 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 go those guys. It's, it's, yeah. no, it's good. No, now it's backwards. There it is. Okay. There you go. Now you're good. <laughs> so I, I've got a number of them on my website that I've been selling on the regular. So yeah, I uh, couldn't have done it without a Jeff. So yeah. Sweet. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> Scott, do you have anybody you want to? I do. So we talked about uh, Etsy a little bit and what Etsy used to be and what Etsy is now become. Um, I'm going to shout out a website and it's called simplymadelocal.com. My friend Ryan and two of her friends used to be big Etsy makers. Um, And it's funny, I don't know Ryan through the maker community. I actually served with her husband. He was a gunnery sergeant in the Marine Corps. And him and I became huge friends and uh, we used to go hiking and stuff. And he was actually supposed to come visit me this weekend, but his plans unfortunately had to change due to COVID. Um, But her and her friends started a website called Simply Made Local, which is Etsy, what used to be. And it's really designed for people to connect with makers in their local community to get around having to ship stuff. But at the same time, you still have access to the national directory of makers on their website to get stuff shipped to you. So it's a, another platform that their key was they, they exactly what you had said to Neil that uh, Etsy had lost its way. You know what I mean? It was, it had gone more corporate than local artisans. Um, they were kind of getting fed up with the fees associated with listing fees and selling fees and Etsy all wanted their piece. So this is a, a homegrown uh, asset very similar to Etsy. And uh, if you want to check it out, like I said, it's simplymadelocal.com and we'll put a link to that in the show notes. So I'm shouting them out. All right, simplymadelocal.com. Yep. Got it. Steven, what do you got for us? Well, I thought about it and then I forgot about it and then I just had to find it. Uh, so I don't know if they're on Instagram, so I'm going to need to check that out while I'm telling you who it is. Um, they were on YouTube. Uh, they're on YouTube. It's Quayla, Q-A-I-L-A. Okay, so Q-A- No. I-L-A. Q-A-I-L-A? Mm-hmm. I thought that had to be a U after Q. Um, I think... This is from somewhere in the middle, uh, the far east, I think, or maybe it's the Middle East. I'm not sure. Okay. 
But um, so I can't can't tell if they're on Instagram or not. But anyway, uh, go check their um, video out. And you just search for Q A L I A, and they made these uh, really cool LED lamps or LED wall oh. hangings, and uh, they. It was just interesting how they made them, and they actually are really cool. And it gave me ideas. So they're actually made out of PVC, and they're not laser cut. They're actually hand cut. So they're made by hand and not in a, in a machine. So, but some of the designs that he came up with or she um, were really nice. So, oh, that is my shadow. So I definitely found it on YouTube. Found it on YouTube. Yeah, seventy nine thousand subscribers. Yep, that's the one. Wow. Oh, shit. I can't even start. Oh, that is really cool. Yep, I am. Yeah, thank you. I hate these little pop-ups. But yeah, everything that, I I can't, like I said, I don't know if it's a he or she. Um, I'm going to go with a he because if that woman has hands like that. Yeah. (laughs) That is true. Okay, now I'm saying Now I see that part. I see what you're talking. Those are about. not very yeah. ladylike hands. <laughs> hey, don't judge, man. You know, you never know. They could have been a, a wrestler or something in their, yeah. their previous, you know, before they they turned to making. But I I don't know. It just popped up, and I was just like, oh, let's take a look at this. So uh, why don't you guys give that a shout, or give it take a a listen or look? And uh, once again, it's Q I A L A. And so far, I could only find it on YouTube. So I have shouted out my person. Awesome. So I think that's it for this episode. Am I correct? Do we have anything else? Um, let me think. Uh, hey, Tanil, where can we find you on the internet? Well, I've got my, my Instagram which is rosum.designs, and that's rosum, R-O-W-S-O-M-E. I've also got rosumdesigns.com, which is my web store that I'm trying to move off of Etsy. I have all of my products also listed on there, and I've also got a portfolio of all of my um, past custom work. So... Now, do you link to your Instagram, I'm sorry, to your Etsy store through your Instagram and your website? Um, If you go on my Instagram, there's a link tree and it's got everything on there. So it's got my Etsy shop and my main website and then my other social media. Okay, Steve, where can we find you? Uh, Right now you can find me pretty much semi-actively on Instagram, pretty much on YouTube, not so much. But you can find me at Wolf Woodworking Creations on the Instagram, YouTube, and the Facebooks. And the Facebooks. And I have Scott, I've seen you on the Discord server a lot lately. So it's great I having you try- back. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. Uh, and Scott, so where can we find you? We can find we- me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok as Dad It Yourself DIY. Don't forget the DIY. Don't forget the DIY. Because other than that, it kind of sounds creepy. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just saying. I think that so, wraps it up for us, you think? I do. So, 
Uh, shall I take us home, Scott? If you want to, or I can, but I'd like to thank Tanil for joining us today. It has been enlightening. <laughs> thank, thank you so much for having me here. This is uh, this has been a blast. Thank I had so a lot much. of fun. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have you back, and I'm just not gonna hold back anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait! Just, uh, Can't wait! Oh, well, I mean, we didn't get as far as we, it, it didn't. Our, our uh, never have I ever didn't really cause a lot of. Uh, you know, talking so because we pretty much were all scumbags, I guess. Didn't cause enough controversy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big word. I got to look that one up. She's college hey. educated. I hate, the, I hate these young kids. They know, you know knowing all your, your words and everything. <laughs> all right, Steve, you want to take me out or take us out or you want me to? Um, uh, I don't know. Want to flip for it? Sure. Okay, you win. Okay. All right, so here at Makers Figuring It Out, it's our mission to educate, motivate, and inspire. We hope you've done that. We hope we've done that for you today. So this is Steve and Scott reminding you to keep learning, keep being motivated, keep inspired, and keep figuring it out. Thanks for listening.